Hello, I'm Dr Jane Lynch and welcome to Infuse the Podcast, where I speak to professionals from all walks of life to explore the challenges facing society in Wales today. Over the next half an hour, we'll be dipping into the knowledge and expertise of our guests to find out how we can work collaboratively to overcome societal challenges and push towards a common goal. We'll also get to hear from our participants of the exciting new Infuse programme as they begin their journey of discovery. Learn new skills with the common goal of solving these problems. Hello and welcome to episode three of Infuse the podcast. If you're joining us today, that hopefully means that you're just as passionate about the future of Wales as we are. Our Infuse programme has been designed just for that, finding solutions to some of our most significant challenges here in Wales. The programme has been up and running for a couple of months now and Cowal Alpha will soon be taking a short recess for the summer holidays. The programme has been delivered through three labs that have specific work streams. The Data Lab, the Adaption Lab and the Procurement Lab. Procurement is an activity that all public sector organisations have to do. and I'm delighted to be joined today by Richard Dooner, who holds extensive experience in procurement, is well respected in the procurement community. Richard, you and I have been sat in so many meetings over the years and I think we're pretty much along the same page. So it's an absolute pleasure to have you along here today for the podcast. And um, I'm really looking forward to hearing what you've got to say about what you think of future challenges in Wales. So thank you for joining me today, Richard. Thank you, Jane. Uh, we've certainly been on a journey together and uh, I hope we're just about starting on the new phase of that. Um, and we are both trying to reform procurement in the places we are. Um, I'll introduce myself, if I may. Um, I work as a programme manager with the Welsh Local Government Association. Um, within that organisation, I'm the lead officer for procurement, which in practical terms means I'm the link between uh, the uh, politically led association and the officer network within local government. So I, I'm working with um, with uh, lead officers um, and on a national basis and with the regional teams in um, Southeast Wales, which uh, in particular is the group that you're engaging with through the Infuse programme. But uh, I, I'm also engaging with the central uh, or mid and southwest group and the North Wales procurement group. And in North Wales, it's a, a cross public sector organisation. Um, the work involves public sector reform. Uh, it involves um, working on the pipeline of work and it involves working with social value and a new group we formed. When I say new, it's uh, about a year old, just over a year old now, but uh, the National Social Value Task Force for Wales, which is itself aligned to the National Social Value Task Force in England, which is led by my colleagues at the LGA. For me, Richard, you know, one of the benefits of this session is so that, you know, in, in a meeting, we've always got a very rigid agenda and we don't really get the chance to talk more generally about procurement issues. What a year we've had. I mean, it's been one heck of a year, isn't it? I mean, we've had COVID, we've had the Suez Canal and, you know, we're, we're, the news reporting now about the rising commodity prices, you know, all of this is affecting procurement. 
But I think, you know, more generally and more strategically, um, I'm really interested to listen to you and hear your thoughts on what are the most challenging aspects of procurement today? And are these challenges faced in Wales any different, do you think, to the rest of the UK or even further beyond? Oh, Jane, this, this is about supply chains and supply management. Um, because I think it's, it's worth mentioning that because procurement can mean different things to different people. And it's important to understand that in the context we're talking this morning, um, it isn't simply about that narrow process of tendering, which some people think that's what procurement is. Um, what we're talking about is the relationships of uh, large organisations, large public service organisations that spend large amounts of money with the entire community of people that provide goods and to a large extent services as well, because a lot of the um, procurement is, is of services. Um, and how those interact with the way organisations are structured and how they uh, are organised to run within themselves. Um, so the classic make or buy, is, as we would call it. So I, th I think it is massive. Um, we've seen global events affect us um, in quite an unprecedented way, particularly uh, with COVID-19, uh, which uh, immediately um, took everybody involved in procurement away from their day-to-day -day work into dealing with the immediate needs of the crisis. We were then able to um, set up, uh, organise ourselves in a collaborative way to make the most of what we had and what was available. And we did that very successfully in Wales. Um, we didn't suffer the emergency um, stockouts of PPE that some other um, nations had, and in fact, even other parts of the UK. We were able to collaborate with the NHS um, and in fact now we've set up a COVID arrangements for the supply of PPE through the NHS. Do you mind if I just come in there Richard? Yeah sure. Uh, do you think that um, the preparation in Wales had anything to do with Brexit? So the fact that we were perhaps you know not not in such a bad position as perhaps some of our counterparts um, both in the UK and 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 outside of the UK do you think Brexit had anything to do with that Brexit preparations um, I think Brexit had a lot to do with it in practical terms but to say that Brexit made it easier for us would not be correct um, I think um, certainly we were looking at things like social value before Covid hit but um, when COVID came along, our entire procurement network was suddenly looking at where we where we can get PPE from. Uh, the procurement reform had to be picked up by others who weren't directly involved in it. So procurement reform certainly was being undertaken in anticipation of Brexit. And we knew Brexit was happening um, and we knew when it was happening. So we were able to put some mitigations in place. But in terms of um, in particular PPE for COVID, we were very reliant on initially on the pandemic arrangements that were set up by the NHS. Um, and what helped us in Wales really was our ability to immediately talk to people. So we, we have a fairly small network of 22 unitary authorities. Um, it's not that small, but it's a lot smaller than uh, the networks in, in, in England uh, and Scotland. Um, and we were also able to deal directly with Welsh Government um, and arrange supply through NHS very quickly. So we were able to take advantage of our size and location rather than anything specifically relating to Brexit. And so do you think do you think that 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 has, you know, that has put Wales ahead of some of the other countries worldwide 
we 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 did what we we had to do, which was to make the most of our situation and uh, work with it. Um, in in some aspects, it's very difficult for us, but in, in others, um, it, for example, as I just said, being small enough that we can actually uh, talk to each other and and get organised, yeah. um, we made the most of that. Um, yeah. It wasn't perfect. Um, we still don't have the massive uh, size and infrastructure to have an influence over. Um, it, things like um, vaccines that we would have as part of the UK. And in fact, with the PPE, we were also uh, benefiting from being part of uh, a four nations approach. So, for example, when we saw that the stocks were running low on some items, we were able to borrow uh, or we knew that uh, those stocks were available in other parts of the UK. We were able to borrow stocks. In fact, we borrowed, uh, we arranged shipments down from Scotland. Um, the good side of that is that as product came into Wales, we were able to re re repay the favour uh, and we were sending stock from Wales to England and Scotland. Um, but I say we, this this actually was an NHS initiative, so I'm going a little bit off piste here because in terms of local government, we were organising ourselves again to, we <laughs> depends on when in the crisis you were talking, but in the initial days, um, we were importing ourselves and, and organising. Uh, we were also very organised around things like um, specifications and the ability to spot fakes. Uh, we might remember, we might easily forget, but during uh, the initial part of the COVID period, there was a, a flood onto the market of PPE that was being made goodness knows where, and it wasn't compliant. Some of it had fake certificates. And because we're working very closely with WelshGov, and the uh, materials testing labs here in Wales, we were able to identify the existence of those certificates and immediately prevent um, our local authorities uh, falling for the for, for this sort of misinformation. So actually our exposure to that was limited by our ability to act quickly. Well, absolutely. Alongside my um, alongside my role in the Infuse project um, through procurement, um, in Cardiff Business School, one of the key messages that I sort of try and um, share with students is that your business is only as strong as your weakest um, supplier. And this is, you know, and I think if we think about reflect on COVID and a lot of the news articles that are being released daily, weekly, whatever, when things go wrong, one of the one of the first areas that tends to get the blame is procurement. And, you know, we've known this for absolutely well, decades, haven't we, Richard? I mean, when I, you know, when I worked in retail buying, you know, the responsibility of the organisation in terms of who, who, who it deals with really falls on procurement, but still trying to get that understood and understood that, you know, that the, um, the importance wow. of strategic procurement is just such a, an ongoing challenge. So, you know, how can we improve the perception and strategic stance of procurement? Oh, wow, Jane, if you want me to talk all day, start me on the subject <laughs> of resilience. Um, yeah, re resilience is important um, and it comes in a number of forms and in a number of ways. Um, we, I think we, when we look at resilience, we also need to think about, well, what is it that makes us more resilient? What is it that makes us less? And, and to actually try and build that in. Um, the, the nature of local authorities with 22 authorities, each being sort of separate organisations with their own governance structures, their own arrangements and their own provisions, uh, does provide a certain amount of resilience, actually, because you have resilience comes from um, having a granularity of supply. Um, 
resilience also comes from having a coordinated supply. So there's a great big um, uh, paradox there. Uh, in the, if you organize your supply with a single source, it can actually be very resilient if your single source is resilient. But if it breaks, that's when you're wishing that you'd had a granular approach. Um, and it's much harder uh, to break uh, a more granular uh, type of supply chain. So we, we have both. Um, so it is a matter of right sizing and fitting to the situation as it is. Um, there is no single answer to that. Um, the key to it is having people on the ground who know what they're doing. They know their job, they know what they're doing, why they're doing it, and who they're doing it for. Um, and that's important because if you break that um, and you have people who are perhaps acting in procurement uh, in a sort of non-accountable way, then you, you, you start to lose that accountability for the resilience. Um, we did see, um, certainly, I'll go back to your earlier example, which is the preparation for Brexit. We were looking at uh, where some of the supplies for social services were coming from. And we did notice differences to perhaps our NHS colleagues approach, whereas the NHS would tend to um, buy uh, large quantities of product and put them into a warehouse and the warehousing was controlled by themselves and then distributed. Whereas in local authorities, we're relying on a third party relationship uh, to provide stock and the warehousing was held by our third party providers. So we'd be looking at suppliers to have responsibility for the supply chain and to maintain the resilience for us. If that break, when that broke down for whatever reason, um, in this case, it was the failure, in international markets were failing. We were then relying on those suppliers to help us, but also looking at alternative sources of supply. And fortunately in Wales, those came forward and they were available to us. Um, and one of the alternative sources was actually to go cross sector which has been very successful. Um, so yeah, resilience is a, a massive subject and I think uh, for procurement Set professionals, yeah. Yeah. really um, it is about having the right people in the right place. It's about having the right supply relationships, but also um, not having single relationships that when they break, then you have no uh, alternative, no fallback. Um, Vibrant so markets. Yeah. So Richard, you know, how can how can we build resilience in the organization? So how can we get better acceptance of the strategic importance of procurement at the organizational level? Um, so that it's understood. I mean, you know, there's been there's been, you know, you can read every Hayes report and see how there are there are improvements, but you know, procurement as a profession falls far behind anything in finance or law, uh, in terms of payment structures, uh, in terms of qualifications. Um, how do you see us improving that and, and it, you know, using using qualifications and, um, you know, improving the professional practice of procurement so that we can get better traction within the organisation yeah. and that helps to build resilience at the organisational level? I'm going to go back to where we came in, uh, which is in how we describe procurement. Um, the management of the entire relationship continuum, the entire supply chain is complicated. Um, it's different for different organisations in different places. Geographically, it's different. And trying to optimise that is a difficult process. So it needs people who understand the role uh, of procurement, who can do things like contracting and tendering, can understand the legal basis um, and the risks involved in that administrative process but can also think outside of the administrative ask. So it is actually about having the right policies in place. It's about people who can understand what those policies are, 
and how they're implemented. It's also about understanding what the priorities are. Um, in other words, uh, it's about um, achieving outcomes and it's about knowing what you can do to get to those outcomes. It's also about having the freedom to, to try things and to think about different approaches, uh, about thinking away from that immediate task. Um, it, this isn't about the business of running a tender. Running tenders and organising them and being efficient about the way you do it is part of the job. But actually what we're trying to do is achieve outcomes that support the operational delivery of the authority. Now, sound, it sounds like a ramble, but actually it's very important because no, not that's why we're there. Yeah. We're, we're not there to buy things for the sake of buying them. Yeah. Every single penny of public money that's being spent through procurement is being spent for purpose. And that purpose is important. If you don't achieve the purpose, you're not actually achieving value for money with money, even yeah. though you might achieve a notional saving. Um, it's one of the lessons we've learned prior to COVID, prior to Brexit, through the formation and running of the National Procurement Service. But actually, it, it isn't um, safe to simply benchmark pricing across the piece and assume that, uh, well, everybody's paying different prices, that something's wrong. It, it's not safe to assume that. Um, it's not safe either to assume that uh, all we're doing is buying a product. It's much more complex than that. So the answer's complex and the people's skills, the interactions are complex with it. So we need the right kind of structures, governance activities to support that. Um, and it's going to involve a, a lot of perhaps some different thinking, but it's going to involve a lot of brains and a lot of skills. Um, fortunately, we have them, so it's about deploying those in the, the best way possible across the piece. Yeah. Um, so I think that really sort of leads me into my to my last point, I suppose, today. And this will really be the test, Richard, as to whether we are aligned, as we keep saying we are. <laughs> Is, you know, all eyes are going to be looking at us on to deliver on Infuse. Um, what outcomes would you like to hope to see from this WEFO funded project? I think that going back to my, what I said about how, how we work, um, that we're all, this is all in change right now. Um, we are not going to throw away all the lessons of the past. Um, we, we are doing good things and some very good things to be done in procurement in Wales. Um, so we need to keep doing those good things and, and learning from them, but we, we also need to keep challenging. And I think that's something that you're doing, um, something you're doing successfully. And I, I think we need our friends to help us to do that. But challenging and it's challenging in itself isn't enough. What we have to do is challenge, but then come up with actually answers to those challenges. Absolutely. And, and those answers are, are not easy answers and they're not straightforward and they're not simple. Um, single answer across the nation is, isn't going to answer the problem. What, what we need is to operate in every place that we need to do this yeah. um, and at every level. So we've got strategic level, we've, we've, we've got operational level, um, we, we need tactical level, we, we need this everywhere. Yeah. So we need all the friends we've got, uh, we need all the brains we can borrow, and we also need to work with other sectors to do this. Um, put it very simply, Jane, there, there's no, we're not in competition here. Um, we don't have enough procurement people across the piece to do the work that we need to do now. If we're going to do the very challenging policy work that's being sent our way, 
we're going to need to think differently and we're going to have to bring in new people to help us to do that. Yeah, absolutely. I'd like to reflect back on the point you made about tasks is that if we want to achieve better value for money, then we need to stop thinking so much about tasks and think about outcomes and then think about the tasks that will lead us to better outcomes. And I'd like to think that that's exactly what we're doing in Infuse is that, you know, we, we're very much a multidisciplinary team coming together and, and pulling together um, 10 representatives from 10 local authorities to really think more widely about, um, you know, the broader challenges and then how we might address those challenges. And as you say, the, the, the danger is particularly in procurement when we've got so much, we've, we've Somebody said it's a very crowded, um, a very crowded platform. We've got a lot of toolkits and how we can use those toolkits more efficiently to achieve better outcomes and address better outcomes. I think that's going to be absolutely key for us going forward. So it's not, as you say, reinventing the wheel. It is really thinking about outcomes first and then looking at the procurement process and the toolkits we've got and thinking how we can best utilise those to deliver value for money. Yeah, the sheer scale of it, Jane, is is enormous. Um, yeah. uh, it 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 is about it's beyond tendering. It's about yeah. all of those relationships, and it's about what our organisations do, and how they interact. So uh, important stuff. And thanks, Jane, for speaking to me about this. It's and uh, for asking. Um, I think we've only just scratched the surface actually in this conversation. Yes. Uh, the whole, I mean, it's very easy to obsess about toolkits and tools, but we we just need to keep asking that question. What is it that we're doing here and why are we doing it? What's the purpose of this? What has it been done for in the first place? And it is about achieving those um, those organisational policy objectives. Really, that's what it's all about. It's about giving our leaders what they need and, and delivering what they're asking for. Um, and it, it should be within our wit to do that. And of course, we're improving society in Wales today, and that's what you know. We need to better society. We need our future generations. Is is really where we're focusing on here, isn't it? Is that tomorrow's Wales will look a lot better, hopefully, than today's. Not that Infuse is going to be the panacea to all to cure everything, but it, hopefully, it'll at least start to turn the cog in the wheel um, in the right direction to help um, people along the way and to upskill and to. I think. For me, most importantly, as an academic, it's about sharing knowledge, learning from each other, and that's the bit that I think we're going to value most. I mean, Richard, thanks so much for joining us today. I've really enjoyed listening to you, and as I say, we could probably go on for hours, couldn't we? We know that. <laughs> you could, Jane, you could. Um, <laughs> body and soul, Jane. <laughs> Oh, thank you so much. It's been a busy few months for Cohort Alpha and currently we're actually midstream with the Procurement Lab. So let's find out how they've been getting on. Yeah, my name's Gareth Club. I uh, I work for Bridgend County Borough Council in the role of Climate Change Response Manager. I've been relatively uh, newly recruited uh, to this role, and in fact, it's my first time working for a local authority at all. Although I've worked in various public sector organisations, and um, the role is one which has um, a, a political saliency at the moment. There's a very strong drive towards decarbonisation towards a net zero carbon target for public uh, sector and when when um, uh, people in the authority were aware that decarbonisation was going to be a strand of this uh, cohort uh, there was uh, a great deal of um, excitement and 
willingness to participate. And certainly, when when I saw the program uh, advertised, I was I was very eager um, to to participate. It's uh, it's helping me think about the way that I frame different uh, questions and um, different ideas. So, uh, for example, we're looking at uh, climate assembly and how um, how do we engage. Uh, the public in Bridgend County Borough in the discussion around climate change and decarbonisation, and so some of the some of the lessons around problem framing and hypothesis-driven um, uh, projects and so on is going to be really valuable. I've met some some great people from across local authorities right across the the city region, um, and we're sharing ideas, and we're sharing um, uh, inspiration from each other, from each other's experiences, and. So, so that part of sharing and learning from from others is is really very valuable. The other side of things that's valuable is learning from from the practitioners. And looking forward to, to more learning, more great conversations, and uh, and more collaboration across the authorities. It provides uh, space and an opportunity to speak to people and get to know them on a um, it, on 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 a less time pressured basis, perhaps than than would normally be the case. So. Um, I've, I've got to know colleagues in, in local authorities as, as far flung as exotic Monmouthshire um, and, and really, really got to know them um, pretty well uh, in a short space of time because of that, the, the quality of the, of the time spent um, not only getting to know them, but working together with them on a, on a particular problem. So it's been, it's been yeah, a great experience. That's it for another episode of Infuse the Podcast. Thanks very much again to Richard for joining us today. Join me next time where we'll be talking to one of our leaders about how we can support communities in Wales through the Infuse programme. Infuse is proud to be partly funded by the European Social Fund through Welsh Government.